0: Hung up, Then, straightening himself, he snapped open his case and drew out a small squat gun, which he passed through his oilskin into the safety of his jacket, a dark felt hat, and a pair of imitation pigskin gloves. He exchanged these for his cap and gauntlets, and at once the oiled coat ceased to be a uniform. With the removal of the cap, his eyes and forehead came out of their mask of shadow. He looked about thirty. "'and was good-looking in a conventional way. "'Only the heavy muscles of his jaw "'and the unusual thickness of his neck "'were not in the accepted fashionable picture. "'An impression of urgency was apparent in every line of his body, "'a strain and a determination, "'like climbers nearing a peak. "'He slid out of the kiosk, "'passed behind the bus, empty save for the old people who had not moved, "'and came into the sign-lit brightness of the avenue.' The pavements were almost empty. He had only to step round the deserted frontage of the theatre to gain the comparative darkness of Deben Street, where even now Lou was unlocking the door. Glancing up the street, he halted abruptly, pulling his collar round his chin. Directly between himself and the entrance to Deben Street there was a bus stop, and beneath it stood an elderly woman waiting patiently in the downpour in a green Mackintosh cape, If he passed her, he ran the risk of her seeing him and recognising his back, just as he had hers. He turned back across the entrance to Goff's place and onto Molyneux Street, where he found a taxicab. Keeping his face turned away, he spoke to the driver. There's an old girl standing at the bus stop round the corner, Goff. She lives just off the Barrow Road. At the moment she's catching pneumonia because she thinks it's a crime to take a taxi just for herself. Here's ten bob. Will you take her home? The driver took the note. "'and started his engine. "'Don't they make you tired?' he laughed, "'referring, no doubt, to womankind in general. "'I'll take her along. Shall I tell her your name? "'She's sure to want to know.' "'The man hesitated. Oh, "'I don't think so. "'It might embarrass her. "'Tell her one of our old pals.' "'The cab shuddered and sprang forward. "'The man on foot counted two hundred slowly "'before walking out into the avenue again. "'This time the bus stop was deserted. "'He bent his head against the rain. "'and turned down into Deben Street. Eight months after the Gough Place mystery "'had made a nine-days' wonder in the press, "'Mr Albert Campion closed the door of Chief Superintendent Yeo's room "'and walked up two flights of stairs "'to tap on the one which belonged to the newest superintendent, Charles Luke. "'Mr Campion was a tall, thin man in his early fifties, "'with fair hair and large spectacles,' who had cultivated the gentle art of unobtrusiveness until even his worst enemies were apt to overlook him until it was too late. He was known to a great many people, but few were absolutely certain about what it was he actually did with his life. He was careful never to permit his status to be too accurately defined. It was true that he had a private practice, and also that he and the present assistant commissioner crime, Mr. Stanislaus Oates, had been hunting companions in the days when Oates was an inspector C.I.D., Since then, Yeo, who was following Oates's footsteps, and many other eminent senior men in the service, were content to consider him a friend, an expert witness, and a valuable guide into little-known territory. At the moment, he was not happy. On arriving at Yeo's office in response to an urgent message, it had emerged that what the governor really required from his old chum was a promise that he would drop a hint to Charlie Luke— Mr. Campion, who was very fond of Yeo, and even fonder of Charles Luke, whom they both felt to be the most interesting personality the CID had produced in a decade, found the assignment suspect in the extreme. Luke was Yeo's own protégé and white hope for the future, an officer whose career he had watched for twenty years. If Yeo needed help in hint-dropping to Luke, the situation must be out of hand. Campion knocked at the door, and the superintendent came across the room, hand outstretched. Luke was a magnificent specimen, six feet tall, with a live, dark face and tightly curling black hair. Nervous energy radiated from him, and his narrow eyes were shrewd and amused. "'Just the man I was hoping to see,' he said with enthusiasm. "'Come in. I was wondering if I could possibly get hold of you to ask you to drop a hint to the old man. "'He thinks I'm round the bend.' "'Mr. Campion knew you did, on the very best authority, but saw no point in mentioning it.' Luke settled his visitor in the armchair before the desk with alarming purposefulness. I'm onto something pretty hot, he announced. I'm certain of it. At the moment, it's a little bit on the vague side, but I really...